is Rowena Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty.
Greetings, 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 and welcome to the Soul Citizens. I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and we are back for another great week of great conversation with some awesome, awesome guests. We have some very special people here. We opened up with a video that many of us Star Citizen backers uh, were just kind of thrown. I don't even know what to say about that video. When it, it came out of nowhere and caught everybody off guard, it was the first video that we saw uh, cinematic that we saw from Star Jump Station. And uh, those of us who remember it, we know we got so excited because it made us think that all those ships were out and playable in the game. And we found out that that was not true. So Grim, we're mad at you because it's two years later. Sorry. <laughs> or three years later. Some of them are in game. Some of them are in game. Yeah, some, some of them are in game. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we just wanted to kind of open it up because the theme of our show this week is shoots and scores. Talking about uh, how do content creators go through the process of shooting and scoring uh, the, the presentations, the cinematics, the machinimas that we have come to love in the Star Citizen community. And we've got three great guests. I'm gonna start on the left there for you guys first off. Graydon Square is joining us for the first time. Graydon, welcome. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? We are doing good. We are so happy that you accepted our invitation and we're looking forward to hearing about seeing both you visually and audibly because you've got some special stuff to share with us today that we're looking forward to. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Yeah, great. Natronics, you're back again. I don't know. We have to put you on the payroll. This is like, oh, two weeks back to back, right? So <laughs> I, I feel very special. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you. We are a special group of people here, if you know what I mean. You don't know. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> but no, we're happy to have you here, man. And last but yeah. not least, uh, Fastcart reminded me, uh, Grim, that we think that you may now hold the title for the most returning guest on Soul Citizens. I think you're beating Paul oh. Shelley out now. So you might be holding the, 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 the award from that right now at this point. <laughs> We've got Grim back from Star Jump Station. How are you, buddy? Good, man. I'll take that as a, as a, as a great compliment. No, it's, it's good to be on. Good. Appreciate we're, the invite. We're always happy to have you, man. And of course, my cohorts joining me, Jay Starwasher. Jay? Hey, hello. <laughs> and Cal Roddy. Cal Roddy, how are you? Hello, hello, hello. Okay, now you guys don't know this about Jade and Cal Roddy. I don't think we've ever really officially said this, but they are big into music and production and produce. Their, they've had their own videos and stuff out. So they were really excited to co-host this show with me. Actually, I think everybody here in this group in some form or other is connected to music, AV or something. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to share with you guys some really cool behind the scenes information, uh, not just from the aspect of Star Citizen, but also uh, what these folks do. Uh, real quick, Graydon, tell some people, wow, <laughs> thanks Jade. Thank you, Thrakazog. Thank you, General Larson. Thank all of you guys for the subs. Graydon, before some people may not have uh, seen any of your work before or unfamiliar, tell people who you are, uh, tell people what you do in the Star Citizen community. Uh, well, uh, again, I appreciate you guys for inviting me on your platform. Uh, my name is Graydon Square, and I have been an independent musician essentially all my life. I mean, I'd say I, I started doing it professionally when I was about 26. I'm 41 uh, now. And it, the type of music that I, I chose to specialize in was music that appealed to people's intellect. So I would talk about, you know, physics and um, cosmology and and, and uh, anything to do with uh, alien civilizations and time travel and you know evolution and biochemistry and anything you could think of that would stimulate some sort of uh um um you know any type of intellectual stimulation i would try to incorporate into my music so 
Uh, and as far as what I do for the, the community uh, directly, well, I provide music for um, the, uh, the, the radio station that, um, that's yeah. fan run. Um, and yeah, and I appreciate radio. that. Yeah, People's Radio. Uh, and and I'm, I'm you know, definitely blessed to, to be on there. Uh, and then also I run my own organization and, and we try to organize, you know, meetups whenever there's a bar citizen. We did the bar citizen yesterday here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, we had a nice um, contingent of people from the org show up there. So, uh, yeah, I just try to contribute positive energy and, and, you know, try to live out my Star Trek fantasies of being a space captain. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And your first album, you had, you, you had a collab with, uh, with cannabis, right? Uh, uh, my third album and my fourth album, I had a collaboration with Cannabis. Yep, we did wow. Warpoint together, and then we did um uh, Six Blancas together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I've I've been a fan since Type Two. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, he's my seafood. So so okay. shout out to Grand shout out to Grandmaster Cannabis. So. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, Graydon. Nate, Thank you're you. back again. I don't think we gave you a real opportunity to talk a little bit about you last time you were here. So why don't you tell folks a little bit about you and where you're connected to EE Studios? Yeah, uh, I'm Nate Natronics. Um, I started doing Machinima a couple years ago, doing commercials for Elite Expeditionary, which was an org that I started. Um, I have a background in film. I work as a screenwriter director in the real world. Before that, I was a military pilot, so I didn't get started in that stuff till I was about 30. I'm about 39 now, so been doing that for quite a while now. And EE uh, e. Studios was born from making commercials for my org, and then I saw a Sonic Temples who made some machinima uh, hard space back in the day. And I came across that and it's the first time I saw the potential of what machinima could be in Star Citizen. And then I started, and then I made Overclocked and then sort of spawned out into all these different things with these characters. And now I'm working with Zark Media, who's another great machinima maker, a news broadcaster too. And we've uh, sort of been fostering Hubnet, which is a community where anybody doesn't matter who you are, can hop in. And if you want to be involved or just see what's going on or help have people help with your projects or collaborate, music, uh, sound, whatever it is, it's a very positive community that we've got there where you can come and collaborate on machinima, music, uh, really anything. So quick, that's what quick I'm question, about. Nate. Yeah. Did you, did you meet Zark on our machinima show or had you met him like before? I. So I was a fanboy of Zarks and he started Hubnet and then I popped in and was like, hey, I want to help collaborate with you on this and help it grow. And it was in Hubnet where I really first started uh, talking with Zark. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, Nate, I can tell you now, if you see any applications with a guy named Fastcart, just ignore that. Just skip over anything that comes from that guy, okay? All right, I'm just teasing. I got to pick on Fastcart because he's Fast not here. Cart. Oh, he's here. Trust me. He's guarantee you. Just watch the chat. He'll pop up any moment. Uh, we got a quarantine on yeah, this joke, yeah, though, yeah. so. There we go. See, <laughs> see, I get no respect. There he is right there. Okay. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Grim, tell some folks about you who may not know you. Uh, yeah, I'm Grim. Um, also come from the film and television world. I've been doing this stuff since about 2001, uh, visual, uh, primarily on the visual effects side, uh, film and television, um, all the way from independent film all to huge Hollywood features. And now I worked as a director, art director, slash director, um, and primarily commercial work. Um, 
StarJump was primarily started to just do unique content. We, the goal was to try to do stuff that no one else was doing, uh, or maybe, you know, no one else was doing it at scale. So we had some big plans like a fleet viewer and, and some ship review shows, but primarily it started out with me doing that Drake cinematic that we, we showed at the beginning. It was very rough. I think I'd only been playing Star Citizen for a couple of months when I started <laughs> doing that project. Uh, we've done several more of those and I have uh, my new ship review show I just launched, which has been pretty big, uh, which I'm pretty proud of. And then obviously a lot of people know us just from uh, Star Jump Fleet Viewer, which is myself, uh, VMXEO, and Starlet. Some of you all know them uh, within the community. They were a big help on that. Um, and there's other projects like that in the works as well. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, listen, we want to give you guys what the format of the show is going to be because these are just such great uh, production film people, we tried to put this in the context of the world that they work in. Um, this is not a completely detailed breakdown on how productions are done, but we did just take certain categories. Each one of them will probably touch on some of these. They may not touch on all of them. So we just asked that you would just kind of follow along. We are going to look at some videos uh, leading into these as well. Uh, but very first thing we want to do, I'm going to change the screen here. Get rid of that. Did I push the wrong thing? I probably did, didn't I? Yeah, I did. I went to the end of the show. Isn't that great? We're done. Thanks for coming, folks. So we appreciate Thursday. that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate you being here. I pushed the wrong button. There we go. I got too many icons to look the same. Um, so what we're going to do is uh, open up talking about, uh, let me think, should we do the video first or should we do, no, let's talk about the, 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 the stuff first. We're going to talk about pre-production. Um, and I'm going to just leave this open to Star Jump, Graydon, Nate, whoever wants to talk about it. If you've got something to say about the particular area, we've got concept, writing, script, editing, casting. Just give us a little bit. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you. Then I'll go to Gray. Then I'll go to Grim. Uh, you know, where do you work with these elements? And if so, which ones do you work with? How much time do you spend into yep. it? You know, and maybe just talk about that a little bit. So I, I approach it differently than I do in my in the professional realm. Uh, when it comes to coming up with a concept, I usually uh, do a, a quick outline, so basic strokes. Um, I don't write a script um, because Machinima is so unforgiving and you sort of, I, I like to flex when I'm in the game on how, how I'm capturing stuff that I want to capture. So I don't particularly do shot lists and stuff, but mm -hmm. when it comes to story development, I usually just sort of out do a basic outline on like the notes app in my phone or on my computer, and then I'll come up with basic dialogue, uh, very loosey-goosey, and then I'll go in the game and sort of, uh, I've, done it enough, I done, I've done it enough times in, in the game now and in real life where I sort of know what I need and how to get it, and it's just a matter of flexing with the game. Because mm -hmm. I find that, it, especially in Star Citizen, if you get too precious about what you want, you might end up killing yourself uh, trying to get it because mm -hmm. of all the things that we know about the game. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't write scripts for it for Machinima. Um, I just do basic outlines, and then I sort of feel it out in the game. And, and on, honestly, a lot of the times, I get my best ideas when I'm in the game during the shoot, which is the opposite of what I do in real life for you, because there's a lot of money and time, and people's, everything's on the line. Mm -hmm. You have to plan it out. But in Machinima, it's just fun. I go in there, it's, it's a break for me, it's, it's a hobby, it's a way for me to sort of do whatever I want with no budget concerns, and, uh, and that's sort of how I approach it up front. Okay, okay. What about casting? Because you, you do have actors in your stuff, 
as well. So how do you get well, folks to be in your stuff? When I started, uh, since this was a little passion project, really, mm -hmm. like the first overclock thing and then the commercials for my org, I just use people in my org. Okay. Uh, and my wife is an actress, so I used, I, I, you know, I used her as the voice of Ava. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, slowly I would pull people in from the Star Citizen community who would email me or reach out and say, hey, I want to act in this thing or I want to do voice acting. And they would send me their reels. And I'm all about including people from the community and fostering that community. Mm -hmm. So basically, people would re reach out to me once my work was out there, and I would just—I slowly have found this great group of people who I who are reliable and really great actors, and more and more come in every every week. Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of how it happened at first. Okay. All right. Cool. Great. And let me jump to you. Um, we're going to see some of your work in a little bit. Actually, we're going to see uh, two pieces uh, from you, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Maybe talk a little bit about uh, how you get your process of when you're ready to go into work. Oh, that's a great question. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, I've been making music for so long that sometimes I forget about some of the uh, the, the preheating processes mm -hmm. that go on and getting kind of set up and getting into the right mind state and what your the direction of your music is and everything. Uh, a lot of times now I can, whether it's production uh, or whether it's writing lyrics, uh, I can essentially now do it just muscle memory, mm. right? But for those people who are, uh, you know, I, I affectionately call white belts, right? They mm -hmm. come into the gym, they throw on a gi, give them a white belt, and they're, they're on the mats, right? Getting choked out. <laughs> but the thing is, is you have to set the conditions that your, your art, you have to set the conditions for your art. And if you know that you're going to be creating something that is for machinima type content, mm -hmm. then your art has to match that. And so if I know, if I know that going in, mm -hmm. uh, it m makes it much easier for me to try to create that style, that pacing, that energy. Mm -hmm. um, if it's up tempo, if it's down tempo, if it's traditional four, four, if I got to use a weird time signature, mm -hmm. then so be it. Um, but all of that comes from, analyzing early in the process, hey, this calls for this emotion, this calls for this urgency, this calls for this mood. And once you assess that, um, you know, now we have chat GPT that could just tell us like, hey, what should I do with this, right? Mm -hmm. But before you'd have to be like, well, well, you know, what should I do with this? And mm -hmm. you'd really consider how many different approaches you, you could take uh, for this particular piece of content, this scene, um, this story that's yeah. attempted to be told. Yeah. Let me ask you a question because you raised the issue of chat GPT and Jade and Cal Rider, you guys can jump in too at any point. You mentioned about that. And I'm and I'm what do you see that as the impact in the sense of creativity? If there's some obviously there's some technical benefits to it. Do you see it as something to inspire, or do you see it as something that actually becomes the replacement? If you're asking me directly, and I may not be the best person to ask about this because mm -hmm. I'm kind of team AI at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't think humanity is doing a, the best case of, of making the case as to why it shouldn't be replaced, even mm -hmm. though we all know we don't want to be replaced. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're making the best case as to why we shouldn't be replaced. But I say that in jest because a lot of people are worried about what you're asking about. You mm -hmm. know, no one wants to be made obsolete, especially people who are creatives. I think we thought it was going to happen in reverse. Mm -hmm. I think we thought it was going to be the physical manual labor jobs that were going to be automated by basic AI, mm -hmm. you know, or artificial narrow intelligence, and that the creative jobs, the musicians, we were safe. Mm -hmm. Nope. 
They got they got AI software now making Jay-Z rap songs that sound just like him. Mm -hmm. I'm sure someone's going to make one that sounds just like me mm -hmm. or just like Eminem or just like cannabis or whoever. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, if you're a productive person, I believe it's going to make you more productive. Right. But if you're competing with it directly, your biology against this technology, you will always lose mm. because it just doesn't have the limitations that your biology have. So, to, uh, let, me, so. let me do a part to that question. Mm -hmm. So let's say you write a piece, like I was listening to some of your work and you've got voiceover things going in the background. Mm -hmm. And let's say you decided to use chat GPT and you put it in there. Would you take it and say, mm, that turned out good. Okay, let me move on. Or would you take it and say, hmm, that inspired me to knock it up a notch or to change what I did. And you would still go with yourself or would you just be satisfied? Do you think you'd be satisfied or would it always be 50 50 depending on which one is better? How would you look at it? So I have to frame this by saying the rules that I'm playing by is the rules of hip hop, which is as long as you're dope, you can do anything you want. Right? So if it comes out of chat GPT and it's just dope right off the bat, if I put it on the track, and it's dope it's dope right no one's gonna be mad if it's if it's whack people are gonna be like yo that's that's garbage and mm -hmm. and most people can tell what's dope and what's not mm -hmm. me personally i like to make my stuff unique i like to be unique i like to be an individual you know i don't like you know groupthink or or you know partisan ideology politics and stuff like i'm just a very much an individual mm -hmm. i believe the the individual is the greatest minority mm -hmm. so for me, it's like I try to make things as unique and individual to me whenever I use AI because I know that that is a one-off. That is a one-way street. That mm -hmm. is a one-time process that no one can replicate because they can't recreate the conditions for that one-off mm -hmm. piece of art that we're, that we're talking about. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say I'm, I'm with a great non. I'm on Team AI, as you all probably already know. But, um, yeah, I look at, you know, I look at things like ChatGPT and other uh you know advanced language models as tools right now right like eventually they you know they will replace a lot of people right but for now i i see it as like creative assistant right mm -hmm. like you know somebody that you, you can like bounce an idea off of mm -hmm. or say hey what would you come up with mm -hmm. how about like i mean okay we we're talking about you know hip-hop and 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 you know rhymes right like everybody probably remembers like rhymer the site like where you needed something mm -hmm. to rhyme with something mm -hmm. you could go to rhymer put the word in and it you know tell mm -hmm. it how many syllables so i i look at chat gpt it's just a much more advanced version of that right. when it comes to writing like lyrical content mm -hmm. but you know it's it's going to be better. It's going to get better. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 that's its whole point. It refines itself based upon what our responses are to whether we like what it generated. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time. Um, you can't fight the future, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you, you can, you can, you know, be opposed to it, but ultimately we're, we're creating our successors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that's it a bad thing mm -hmm. i think competition is good i think if it means that human artists have to bring it up a notch mm -hmm. you know like that's just more good art so that's, yep. uh, can that's I, can my I make, rant can i make yeah. one quick point on that too as well yeah. which is what is actually we're talking about that's replaceable and i think that when we talk about the actual skill set of something being replaceable yeah ma machines and machine learning will probably be able to re replace uh, uh, or make obsolete most of the things that we're talking about. But your experiences as an individual, you as a unique experience in this world is not replaceable. 
So mm -hmm. there's still value in you being you. Mm -hmm. As Graydon Square, yeah, AI might be able to replace my rhymes. It might be able to make music like me, but can it be me? Mm -hmm. Even if it was a direct copy of me, mm -hmm. there's value in the original. Right. So for me, I'm not worried because my job is literally being Graydon Square. Yeah. Exactly. That's my job. Yeah. My job is not to do <clears throat> something. Right. My job is not to go somewhere and be this it's to be grade and square mm -hmm. and if a machine can be grade and square then that's my fault because i'm that must mean i must be living a mundane <laughs> life that the, the ai can just you know copy real quick you know what i mean right. but, and, and i'm glad we looked at it from the aspect of where it is now the possibilities of what it could be later the tool aspect and it's not just with audio we're going to see these things happening with other areas of media as well so that's great stuff grim let me jump to you any thoughts about pre-production um, well, for me, uh, my cast is generally the ships, um, mm -hmm. primarily because that's what I focus on, whether mm -hmm. it's the cinematics or you know, Fleet Viewer or Ship Show or anything like that. The ships are, are kind of my cast. So in that regard, um, my casting and, and, and all that centers around what ships can I focus on? What state are they in? Because I like to do a lot of the unreleased ships. So it's figuring out where the models are and what I need to do to get those models into a good place. And so weirdly enough, even though that is production work, it's also very much pre-production work for me. There's a lot of research involved figuring out, you know, what it will require to get those up to par to, to do something with. Mm -hmm. And so the concept, the writing and all that sort of, comes after the casting for me, which is kind of weird. You know, I got to figure out what ships are usable, what I can do something with. And then once I've figured out what that list is, then I can start building something around it. Right. And it's why, like, for example, the Drake cinematic was so kind of generic mm -hmm. where it just sort of showed each ship because those were the ships I had to work with, mm -hmm. you know, and then when I did the Aegis one, I was able to go a little bit more into an actual narrative, you know, and then the next one will be even more narrative driven with like voice actors and stuff because for me, it's because I'm specifically focusing on the on the ships as characters. It, it kind of throws my entire production pipeline out of whack because, yeah, like Nate was saying, and you know, in the commercial film world where I come from, there is a very strict pipeline for how those productions roll out, and um, very rarely is that deviated from, except for maybe in Hollywood where you know, a big movie star will get attached to something before there is something, you know, in those mm -hmm. rare instances. But generally, because of the money and, and the budgets and time constraints and stuff, there is a strict timeline that plays out. So I do it completely the um, inefficient way of, of doing a production is how I run all my productions. Okay. <laughs> uh, and now on the topic of AI, I mean, I'm really excited by AI and have looked into it and, and played around with it. I, I do have some concerns just being an old school artist, but I think they're all those, you know, kind of get off my lawn sort of concerns <laughs> where I don't know how it's going to play out. The biggest one is probably credit for me. Like how does, how are people going to get appropriate credit from where some of this stuff is being ultimately sourced? Um, not just particular pieces of art and creative, but like trends and stuff like that. And then I, I have some concerns about the artists that will come before us, the ones who, for example, aren't great and square yet. You know what I mean? The ones that will, will come 
you know, will start creating their craft, you know, while this technology is already in place. They're the ones that are going to really have to navigate it because it's going to be a whole new world. And I tell young artists all the time, I, I speak to schools all the time. I just uh, recently spoke to a, an uh, art and design college class and, uh, one of the things I told them was that the world, the production world you'll come up in is completely different than the one I came up in. And mm -hmm. I probably have no good advice for you, unfortunately, <laughs> because I'll be a dinosaur and extinct. And, you know, it just will. It's just the way it is. The technology moves way too fast for any one person. So, yeah, there's a great example of Disney. Um, when the movie, for those of you who are old school enough, remember the movie Tron came out um, mm -hmm. when it was presented to Disney. Their animators that have been around Disney forever hated it. They fought with it with a passion yeah. because they saw computer technology as being threatening to the way animation had been done in the past. And eventually, over time, it became accepted, you know. But there is sometimes the threat is a threat that's not real. It's one that's created, right? It's like we see this coming and we think we're going to, as you mentioned, Graydon, People think they will become obsolete when that's not the case. The question becomes, how does that elevate us as humans to the next level? Sometimes technology is designed to make us no longer be chained to the old stuff, but now say, what's the next thing we can do? You know, and that can happen yeah. in any form, especially even in art. Um, so yeah, very cool. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Let's take there may be some, there, there may be some value that comes out of um, in the future when AI does have such a dominant role in creative pursuits, whether a tool as or as like completely original content driven by AI, mm -hmm. there probably will be a value to like stuff created by an actual person or personality, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I think um, you just may end up with two subset or like two sources of content maybe in the future. You yeah, know? yeah. Okay. There's already a little mm -hmm. bit of that, ha that happens actually. Now, right, it does. Scenes, a lot of people weren't realizing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a look at EE Studios. Uh, Nate, we've got one of your videos we're going to drop in real quick, and then we're going to come back and talk about, about production next. So let's take a quick look at that, okay? Okay. Hi, I'm in 204. I'd like to order a citrus beef torpedo, please. What are you even doing down there? Yeah, I know it's an apartment. You know what? I'll just get it myself. Thank you. Oh, it's recording? Are you an aspiring filmmaker? A creator? Are you lost in your ideas and feel overwhelmed by everything you want to make? Well, HubNet has a solution. And the bright and beautiful minds behind shows like Redline and Overclocked are here to tell you all about it. Natronics here, the lead producer at EE Studios, coming at you from our home base at High Core Station. Blitz Mix events are designed to help creators realize their storytelling potential. Hot dogs! Ranging from development discussion to tackling more logistically challenging production uh, needs. Hot dogs! Hubnet producers bring a wealth of production knowledge and experience to the table and will help manage the process so creators can more easily focus on their artistic hot needs. Hot dogs! Blitz Mix event. Blix Mix events also double as social opportunities to help foster a sense of community among fellow creatives in the verse. God, would you shut up? Yo, it's Ava from Overclocked. A few more things to note. If you're a creator, it's best to show up prepared. 
you need help, ask for help in the support center before the day. Some dude wanted a bunch of guys in the same uniform, so he coordinated with folks and got everything ready beforehand, which saved time on the day. Also, no matter who you are, it's best to show up early for Flicks Mix so producers can work out a plan based on people's needs. If you don't need help, it's okay to be late. You'll just be cycled in wherever they need you. The goal is to help as many people as possible as efficiently as possible. If no one needs help, and it just turns into happy hour. That's okay, because I like happy hour. You're supposed to be dead. That's right, Ava. The Flixmix events here on Hubnet are open for anyone to attend. So hop on and join the creative and helpful people that make out the core of our community. I'm Oliver Zark. Join us on Hubnet, where every day is a show. Uh, thank you, Coffee Gaming, for that sub. Thank you so much. We do appreciate that. Sorry we missed it, but thank you so much. Um, we, uh, are going to continue with where we left off at. We star jumped Grim had to leave. Uh, he had a family issue pop up, so keep him in your thoughts, but he's doing okay. Uh, but we are going to, as you guys just finished, we just got finished watching Nate's video, uh, that he did for Hubnet. Nate, why don't you talk a little bit about, we said we we're going to come out of pre-production and go into talking about production. How much time, a lot of times people ask this question, how much time does it take to put together a piece like that? I, I think there was a few minutes. How long was the, I think the running time on that might have been? Uh, 10, 12. Something like that. It was a little less than that, I think. But yeah, how, how, how long does it take you to, to do the shooting and everything? Now, we won't get into editing. Just the shooting aspect and getting it done. Shooting it's probably maybe a couple hours per scene. So I think maybe there were, I don't know, five scenes in there. Maybe four. So eight hours okay uh give or take just for the shooting and that was a collaboration between me and zark the thing is when you were doing a when you do a collaboration like that we had to decide who's going to take lead on this so we ended up deciding that i would take the lead and do all the ed editing and sort of you know he would film his part but we would talk about what that would be and we decided he would intro and exit the the piece um which was more of a pre-production thing mm. one thing i did want to say about pre-production though that i forgot to mention is it's that's different than the real world is we have to get all the re sound recording all the performances before we shoot mm -hmm. because we foip puppeteer off of the a rough editing of the performance that we put together mm. so that's something that's uh, i think some people i get always get asked that how do you record so clearly in game we're not recording voices in game we do all our performances beforehand well i do and then you edit in the best ones and you sort of get a rough assembly and then you go in the game and let me tell you <laughs> during production puppeteering foip in game to a to a performance that you've pre-edited is one of the hardest things to do mm -hmm. um as you can imagine it's glitchy mm -hmm. uh it, the, the camera always doesn't you have to constantly recalibrate the camera mm -hmm. and there's all these different things to do but production i would say of all the phases is the most stressful for me mm -hmm. because of the game okay, okay. 
And I noticed you had, you know, have some unique music behind there. Sometimes people just default to using some of Star Citizen's music, right? But you were using some unique music behind there for scoring. Do you use a service? Do you have somebody you work with in HubNet that helps pull music for you? How do you get your, your scoring? So I know Zark has a service called Epidemic Sound that he He's pays a monthly subscription. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, my big thing with Overclocked, for example, I wanted avant-garde soundscape type music, mm -hmm. and I didn't want anything that sounded traditional. So what happens is I will look on YouTube mm -hmm. for what I'm like, the kind of stuff I want. And most of the time, if you reach out to the creator of whatever music you find, uh, usually there's a company involved, mm -hmm. and you let them know, in my case, I'm not monetized. Um, it's a niche project. Um, I'm okay with them running ads so they can profit off of it. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, people say, yeah, sure, go for it. Okay. And so, and then a lot of, the, and then some of the music is like public domain or like some of it's really old, so it's public domain. Mm -hmm. But my approach, you got to be willing to not make money and you have to be willing to let other people run ads mm -hmm. on your stuff. Okay. okay. Um, so that's how that's how I do it with the music. Yeah, Roddy, you've been quiet tonight. You got anything, any questions you want to ask about? Because we've watched EE Studio stuff. We've watched it on our Thursday show, and, you know, we've kind of watched yeah. the progress of their production. You got any questions or anything for them? Yeah, as Nate actually started talking about it, it just, um, you know, came into my mind with regards to some of the production, the difficulties in terms of the lengths. You know, do you normally, um, you know, find yourself having to um, shoot something across patches or so? And, you know, if so, what's the frequency like? Because I know that some of the um, machine makers, they sometimes will shoot, uh, you know, productions or record footage, sometimes across three major patches. And yeah. as a result, you know, they may have to record the ending in the beginning. And sometimes because of how the shaders may be, they may have to do certain balances on that. Do you have to do all that? Or is it normally, you know, that part isn't all that difficult? For me, I, I, my particular style is I usually get things done very in one like chunk of time. So if I do an overclocked episode, I do it all in one seven day stretch. I don't take breaks. I, I, I literally, I, my, my real life job has, is untraditional. So like I have periods where I have stretches of time where I have the time to sort of knock something out. And if I feel inspired, I will literally hunker down and pull a 60, 100 hour week and do an episode all in that stretch. Um, I try to avoid doing stuff over patches, um, but I do know. So right now, there's a guy named Jake Foley who's worked. I've worked a lot with. He's a great, very talented guy, uh, voice actor, machinima creator. He's actually directing the next Overclocked episode, which is the first time I've ever let anyone direct something of my creation that's not me. And he is shooting right now over this patch, and it's been a nightmare. Um, I do know uh, the Adrift guys, um, who I'm a big fan of. I know they spread their shoots out over many patches, like you've described. And one thing I know, I know I, an issue that they've run into where they were asking in HubNet was, where did the, where did the Starfare space wreck go? Because we need that for our shot and everyone's like, I don't think there is one anymore or there wasn't when he mm. was asking. So for me personally, I get that stuff done. I say, okay, no, am I going to be able to do this whole thing straight mm. with no breaks? And then I'll do it. That's how I work to avoid the stuff that you're sort of implying might be an issue. Yeah. Right. Right. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Braden, 
I listened to, we're going to watch one of your videos next. Uh, and it's one where you're just kind of doing a very, for lack of a better term, it's a very chill narration through <laughs> the, the, the video that we have. Which, uh, which is uh, which video? Uh, let me see if I can get the title for it here. Give me one second. It was the one called, uh, no, that's the music. Where's it at? Uh, talking about Omniverse? No, it's not, uh, no, it's one. Give me one second here. I'm sorry because I don't have it, the title here for it. It is City. Oh, City the, on the Type of Forever? No, that's the one where you've got the music. It was one you uh, did. Give me one second. I'm going to your page now. It was, uh, the oh, the Unified Federation. Oh, where I was talking about why it's the official game of, uh, of the GU organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, was that, was that something you scripted out? Was it just something you free flowed on? How did you pull that together? So interestingly enough, I had no experience in really video editing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I, I come from complete, uh, you know, music audio engineering. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I went to school for audio engineering and, and was for, you know, almost a decade Pro Tools 210 certified mm -hmm. and the whole nine, right? So I had invested all my, my time into audio engineering. Mm -hmm. uh, no real time doing video work. So when I decided to do that video, when I did, I was actually learning the software that I was using as I was making that video. Mm. So it wasn't like I had a lot of experience, but I, I knew what the, I wanted. And mm -hmm. I have, um, I'm very stubborn. If I want, if I need to do something or I want to do something, I will literally just say, I'm not going to get up from this chair until I figure out how to do that. <laughs> even if I forget to eat and you know, the whole nine. So I think that's what the original uh, pre-production that went into that video was. But now I, I have a little bit more of experience, so I know how to get into, okay, I, I want to create this video and I need these scenes and I can request these particular scenes from my guys mm -hmm. and they'll send me that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of uh, what went into that particular video. But okay. that was my first video I had ever done like that. All right. Well, I, I enjoyed it. So I'll just say oh, that okay. now. So awesome. yeah, let's, let's take a yeah. look at it real quick, okay? Well, let's do it. Are you uh, sharing your screen still? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll bring it up. Somewhere in the G universe. In the cave, we must be very careful not to offend the gods. Wanted. Schrodinger's cat, dead or alive, proclaims the cosmic guardian that's embedded in time. I've been perusing information since the blank epic. And 13 billion years later, I remain epic. You probably found complex planes if you're feeling me. My rhyme sequences escape me and race to infinity. Lyrically, what I spit is self-similar. Energy within every rhyme and next syllable. You know he's the next Mr. Rex, so let's kill a bull. Don't spit if you can't generate a fresh syllable. Every rhyme that I kick displays a fractal, revealing hidden landscapes and different scaling patterns. Star view, no, it's a galaxy rise, but appears as a bottomless pit with a maddening dive. To us, the black hole's just a gravity slide. We went about our lives as the last reality died. But you weren't here yet. You weren't even the fluctuation of quantum weirdness. You were perfecting art, song, and lyrics. Our earliest autolects surpassed the abilities of your god's best. You don't even have a map for the silliness of the objects. Set. It's 
a mathematical equation which leads us towards the there are things we cannot do words we cannot say My apologies. I gave him the wrong title. That was Galaxy Rise, correct, Graydon? Or did we lose him? Oh, no, you're still here. My, my, uh, my oh. video went out. Yeah. Okay. My video started acting today crazy. Today is technical gremlins today. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Galaxy Rise. I, I hope you guys, I, I really like Cal Roddy. What did you think? Oh man, I was I, so many ideas, so many thoughts kept swirling into my head with regards <laughs> to the inspiration behind it, with regards to inspiring other things as well, and pretty much bringing people who, um, you know, who are interested into space and space games and those things into this kind of atmosphere, you know, through a different means. And I really found it really awesome, you know, with the way he actually utilized different aspects of cosmology, of astronomy, and mm -hmm. kind of mingled the whole hip hop and and all that musical genre and so many approaches it was it was it was fabulous yeah thank you yeah. i really appreciate that great and how long did it take you to produce that roughly um so that particular song was produced by someone else um <laughs> it was uh sampled and there's a whole controversy about sampling and even specifically that song there's <laughs> a whole thing we get into i'm not going to but that song was sampled by someone else and produced by someone else and i could only imagine as a as a producer myself the the amount of hours that it would have taken 
to not only sample that, but to flip the sample and, you know, to be able to remake it in your own individual way. Mm. But normally when I'm producing, right, when I, I am, you know, on the MPC, we were talking about AI mm. earlier. This is where the two types of content you could see diverging. Mm. Whereas in I'm on the drum machine, right? Like I'm actually hitting the pads and I'm sampling, I'm chopping stuff up myself. Soon, obviously, someone will be able to just type in, I want my beat to sound like this mm. with a little bit of this. Mm. Give me a Jay Dilla beat that sounds like some Swiss beats and some Dr. Dre mm. from 1997. <laughs> and it'll be an original work, right? Right. So the amount of time it would take me now and what it took that person to do uh, Galaxy Rise is probably about two to four hours okay. to produce that beat. And, and, and I mean, not just throw it together, but also mix it and mm. tidy it up and make it clean and stuff like that. So Nice. Jay, you shared some stuff with us earlier as to some things you thought about Graydon before you even talked to him after you saw his work. And why don't you share what it was? I'm sure he'll get a nice little smile out of it when you tell him about his, oh, back, about his background. His background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, like, it, it's pretty clear, you know, like, you have, like, a physics background. Mm -hmm. um, listening to, you know, your, your lyrical content as, as somebody in the field. Uh, like, you, let me just put it this way. There's, there's a lot of fans of you that are actually, you know, like in astrophysics and astrophysics. Right. <laughs> and you know from your community, yeah. right? So, so, you know, for me, like one of, one of the things that I am a big champion of is um, reaching people with science through other mediums and through, especially the, the fusion of science and art, right? Right. Uh, it's science and music. And, you know, you'll find uh, most, you know, like, Postgrads have like some type of artistic background, like that are in these fields, like either visual or you know music or whatever. But yeah, it's as far as you know your work, like just being able to flip the Kardashev scale. For those that don't know, the Kardashev scale is like a rating of civilization types. We're we're considered a type zero now on that scale. Um, you may have heard it from like Cosmos or whatever, <laughs> but yeah, like it's just basing like all of your you know like albums. Um, along that scale like that that was like mine i was just mind blown by a lot of you know things i'm sorry i'm fangirling here but no it's okay <laughs> i mean hey fangirl away i don't, I don't, I don't mind <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and like i said like you know i became a fan during type two and then to find out that you had a star citizen you know like you, you had this community uh, that didn't come from being people playing star citizen right right can you explain a little bit about that so that is interesting because, you know, Grand Unified is, uh, is an organization that is, what, 14 years old at this point. Um, you know, we have origins back in the old culture wars of the late 2000s with the atheist movement and stuff like that. And so we all kind of came from that, that, that culture, that environment where we were debating with, you know, different people and there was this, you know, just big ideological conflict at the time. And so out of that community, out of, uh, you know, the people who were around at that time, the earliest stages of GU was, was born. And that evolved into many, many years later and different iterations and flavors of Grand Unified. And the Unified Federation, the Star Citizen Org we're talking about, is simply another flavor of Grand Unified. Um, it is, uh, you know, if you look at all the houses in GU from, you know, the Giannis Leth to low technology, progeny of ancients, Valkyrie, yeah. Reaper Legion, right? Like you have all, and the Unified Federation is simply one of those groups. 
And so where we kind of didn't have to recruit from the perspective of like, hey, are you into this video game? No, these are people who are already into the community aspect of Grand Unified. That's just the medium through which we articulate I the dynamics of our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely love that. So when like... people call me captain, they're not calling me captain of the, the org. They're calling <laughs> oh. me captain of the, the of the 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 community. Yeah, know? that's that's what I thought. That's yeah, very cool. Yeah, very and, and cool. I love the fact that you named your starship after Nichelle Nichols. Oh, of course. Of yeah. course, the, the first the first lady of science fiction. I Absolutely. Mean, she, she and for, for let me fanboy a little bit on Nichelle Nichols. So uh, when I was ten years old, I grew up in the system, right? I grew up in group homes in California, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg came to one of the group homes that I was in, and I met her when I was like ten or whatever. And if you look at Whoopi Goldberg's story, directly connected to Nichelle Nichols. Because Whoopi Goldberg saw Nichelle Nichols as a child on TV, mm -hmm. and it directly impacted her. Mm -hmm. Well, Nichelle Nichols had a direct link to Dr. Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. who, when Nichelle Nichols was going to quit the show of Star Trek because she felt like she was not being utilized, he said, uh-uh, don't you quit that show. Mm -hmm. You represent us in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and Mae you know. Right, yeah. and, and Mae Jameson, right, who became yeah. the first you know, black female astronaut because of Nichelle Nichols in Star Trek. So for me, the, naming the ship, naming our flagship after Nichelle Nichols is the least I could do out yeah. of respect. That's it's about res putting respect on people's name. Everybody want respect put on their name? Put some respect on Nichelle Nichols' name when we speak about her because that, that woman is the first lady of science fiction as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And, and there's, there's not too many more women with greater impact in pop culture mm -hmm. than Nichelle Nichols. Well, I'm going to cut in. My daughter's name is Neota, if you know what that means. Oh, I do. So there you I go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, All right. That was, that was that's, Uhuru's first that's name. That's her name, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and get over to Grim. Grim, thank you. You made it back. We hope all is well there. And thank you for uh, coming back because we want to get your well. thoughts here on um, production and shooting. Um, we're going to show your video. And then after we get through okay. looking at it, you can talk about time. And then we're going to go into our section on post-production. So let's, uh, sure. let's just do that. Okay, here we go. My view of this. Oops. Nope, that's the wrong one. Uh, where is it at? There we go.
Okay, we are back. Grim, we opened up with that earlier and we're just kind of looking at it again. And you talked about how this was like from the, one of the first things, the early days of you kind of getting into this. What was your time frame, which would production on this and without editing, let's just say just getting the, the cinematics and stuff together. What was the time like for that? Well, um, whenever I watch that, I, I kind of cringe a little bit just because I would never <laughs> do it that way now. And I would I'd have much better lighting and textures and stuff. But again, I'd only been playing Star System for about three months when I started that. Mm -hmm. But I would say, um, yeah, it's like four and a half minutes long, I think, um, 1080p. Um, so production was pretty quick on it. I think it was around... Um, it was around two months, so it didn't take that long. Mm -hmm. um, most of the work was, was uh, you know, most of the work went into ships that were unreleased, which is kind of the bane of my existence are all these concept ships mm. and having to get those up to, to snuff because the only thing we have available to us are the hollow models, which mm -hmm. lack detail. They lack textures. They lack a lot of things. They usually lack turrets and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, getting sh at that time when I did that, ships like the, you know, the MSR, the Corsair, um, you know, uh, the, the Kraken for sure, all those ships, the Vulture, none of those were out, you know, or anywhere near complete. So I had to take those, make rig them, texture, all that kind of work. So it's about three, I would say about two months from start to finish and probably about, uh, probably about $2,000 in rendering. Um, because I was pretty inefficient with my models and, and my geometry. Again, I was just smashing stuff together. Um, later on when I did the Aegis cinematic, which was nine and a half minutes long, which is another huge mistake I made and I'll never do again. Um, when I did that one, um, that one took about three months and, um, but I was able to get nine minutes out of that three months because I did things a lot more efficiently and, and I brought in some outside help to deal with the models. So, mm, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to transition from this because we heard some background on each of these pieces that these great creators have done. We're going to talk about getting toward the final stages here of post-production, yep. whether you guys do anything in relation to dailies or how much time you spend in the editing. I know, Graydon, you talked about it was one thing to get all of the tracks down, but then there was a separate thing, which is the editing, mixing, mastering side of things. Um, so let me go to Nate first on that, then I'll go to Gray, then we'll go to, uh, to Grim. Nate, what about you as far as once you've shot everything, you've got it all there, um, how much time are you spending after that, putting all the audio, the visuals, the, if it's any effects that have to go in, uh, how much time do you spend at that level? Yeah. I So I edit as I go. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll usually start the day shooting, and then I'll edit after that. For And usually that's – it's the post-production is the most fun part for me, but I, it's probably – two-thirds of the effort so if an overclocked episode takes let's say uh 60 to 100 hours to make mm -hmm. two-thirds of that is post-production mm -hmm. um i don't do dailies what i do is i usually have two to four takes mm -hmm. per shot mm -hmm. um i like to have a little bit of head and tail on each shot some people i know like to just record mm -hmm. and have hours of footage that stresses me out I just have a few. So in terms of dailies, I maybe have two to three shots I'll go back and look at and see uh, which one had the best performance and so on and so forth. Um, editing, like I said, I edit as I go. So mix that in about two-thirds of the entire process is editing. Mm -hmm. Mixing, um, I very rarely use in-game sound. Uh, I usually have at least 
20 to 30 layers deep of sound design, mm. which takes up a lot of the time of post-production to really make the sounds uh, appropriate and unique and fun. And, and, you know, you tell everyone in this room knows you really can tell a story with sound mm -hmm. alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then mastering, I just do uh, basic Premiere coloring. Um, in terms of mixing, it's all in Premiere Pro with their built-in mixing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and then usually I'll export it and give it a listen and a look a couple times, catch little things here and there, and mm -hmm. rework it. But overall, this this whole process is two thirds of of the of the work. Wow. I have a real quick question for you, though. Um, you know, you were talking about the difficulties or challenges with uh, recording FOIP in game. Yeah. Um, what percentage, what percentage of the time that's allocated to a project uh, is taken up just by that? And <laughs> uh, I'd say they're the least efficient shot to get yeah. because, because of all the things we know about FOIP. Um, so I would say in terms of uh, production itself, filming shots, if you have a lot of FOIP, um, and I try not to hide behind it. I try not to have people wear masks too much and hide because I think you know, people want to see FOIP and I think it's important to have those characters emote. It takes, in production, shooting the film, it takes probably, I'd say 50% of the effort goes to yeah. FOIP. Wow. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, yeah. It's, it's very painful <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Well, well, if anybody from CIG is listening, you know, please, please fix these it. Great creators <laughs> yeah, that are doing amazing things. Please, please, you know, show it some love. Um, we we could make even better stuff. So yeah. 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 I'm thinking about the very first time we saw FWIPE and we freaked out and we laughed at the same time. It was you know really <laughs> scary, but uh, we saw the we saw the possibilities of nothing else, right? We saw the possibilities. Um, Graydon, I want to go to you and I mm -hmm. want to go to a different channel now because we showed the visual aspects of what you do, but I want to play a little bit of the audio side of what you do as well, because uh, we just did a show last week, Jade was on with this one too, where we were talking about what is the future of broadcasting in the game? We've got games like GTA 5 where artists' music is actually incorporated into games. Which and is crazy. Whether we'll see something like that happen in the future, we know that Machinima and we've seen even CIG recently on even their shows like ISC show commercials that have been made by the community. But we're also wondering whether music will be introduced. So I want to play a little bit from um, your piece. And why don't you give a little bit of background on this before I play it, City on uh, the Type of Forever. It's the song City on the Type of Forever? Yeah. Or mm -hmm. Okay, so um, that was a song that I did on, on the last album that was the title track of the album that was meant to kind of just give this sense of um, you know, kind of flying through a futuristic city in your small little spaceship and, you know, blasting your music in, in the little pod, you know, like you would be in a cockpit on, in one of these ships. And uh, I feel like the person who produced it, um, whose name is Akira, uh, he really captured that sound of like this kind of neo-futuristic gliding through uh, the city or, you know, just entering the system and you feel like you're you're entering into this place of awe in the city of awe mm -hmm. uh, all of this technological marvel and uh, all these different aliens that you you now as a puny human have to contend with so i think that's <laughs> what i was trying to go with when it came to uh city on the type of forever nice the song. nice okay let's listen to it for a little bit here awesome my view of this 
the reality that we find ourselves in is that this is a computational cosmos that we are one line of code in a very complex algorithm that is still being written if you can step out of the old narratives history religion and all those things i mean even some philosophies then you start to realize we are just one tiny sliver of this enormous computational thing that is happening we don't even have a word for it yet deep in the black where the secrets of earth evil occurs despite this we will emerge even if we gonna be purged we gonna feel reaching at worst look at the enemy's vessel by use of the star map no we won't stop until we actually hear the enemy's treacherous bars crack right through the vacuum of space try to advance they'll attach to your waist maddening angst escape their back in your face try to stay stagnant and safe they will attack you in place soaking core glue on too black a jacuzzi Really no need to be moving Multiple postulates, totally opposite No need to believe their verses that you need Follow me Pristine quantized and the 16 distinct minds With a dark matter fuel body In speed when they move with a history That'll seem to be non-linear and logic Under gods of reality The most advanced ever seen or heard With a legion that'll seem absurd The ride in the battle of Volcano birds Barely learned of the ancient inner spaces Every version of wasted iteration You can fuck with the culture if you want to And get a visit in the form of advanced the four one is predecessors seen everything holy to the worst malfeasance interspatial and form the sustain one evolutionary step below the downstreamers all of that information was there in the big bang that's the reason i say it's ancient we are the new ones here the cosmos is much much older than we are we are the infants and we are just waking up realizing that nature itself is geometric and made of code Repulsive energies act on us weird No space, no matter, no time, but I'm here This omniverse isn't really that tedious Every event with an event preceding it Nothing to do when an astral is near Life we did into you back in a year All conventional defenses are meaningless Nothing can escape it in the immediate Avatars are bound completing the rules with a pension, a menace, and 26 dimensions, freedom to move. Uninhibited, there means to pursue. Infinity Hotel, Kimia Room. In a city on the type of fortified levels of meaning and truth. Forever with the most scenic of views. Recursive ammunition, pre-fire from munition. Firing themselves with their own agency, will and volition. In defense of the hive, they assail. Climb up the scale with them, too high to survive if you fell. It was I who rebelled and defied these false gods to share glimpses and the lies they would tell. I know people are going to hate to hear this. When AI becomes self-aware, that is inevitable. AI, artificial intelligence, will eventually become self-aware. It will start integrating, start pulling things on its own for its own purposes. Grab a hypercube and take it apart. In continuity, straight from the start. Stage to embark, straight through the stars. Most baryonics don't make it this far. Cosmic nothingness, if ever they leave. Stellar lattices, the letter they weave. Fluidly moving through human intuition. Go supernova whenever they please. Type 4, we were supposed to be past this. White holes at the source of the axis. Light added to the dark matter filaments. Type 3's couldn't tell it from magic. Seek another for the group thing, blacklist. Yeah. You really think of being from the void in between the many worlds of destroyed lower cartership planes and outskirts want to catch this? Savagery, complete with micro-dimensional mastery, depleted vitals if you want to battle faculty of the Omniversal Academy. No, we don't know what makes up their anatomy. Elements to break the sanity of any human studying their family. The ascended under canopy. I think there's only one direction. All right, I'm going to pull that down. 
Graydon, if you keep rolling that out, I'm going to be listening to that when I'm flying in my 600. Wow. I'm letting you know that yeah. now. I'm, 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 I'm liking that. I'm liking that. I'm liking it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Are you, and, and later on, we are going to talk about this where people can get to hear your music because this is an actual, it's just a full album, which is really, really great. And it's really good stuff. I got to listen to it this week. And again, just now I'm like, I'm digging this even more. Um, it, are you aspiring? Is this something that you're doing just because it's, you know, you just love the love of music or is there a game plan or, you know, your mission to be able to do this merging you talked about of intellectual science, bringing it into artistry to introduce people to science in a different way. What's your, what's your plan with that? Uh, well, that's a good, good question. Uh, <laughs> so I've been, been trying to do that. Uh, it's a part of the mission statement uh, of grand unified uh, theory, as far as, um, as an org that we have. Um, but my goal is to effectively, hopefully, you know, help humanity and, and influence and inspire people to try to achieve type one on hmm. the Kardashian scale. Hmm. And I think that this is the next social, sociological and technological step in human uh, evolution and civilization. Mm. And I think that there, if there was an active effort mm -hmm. uh, in order to kind of propel humanity in that direction, uh, then I should be a part of that active effort. And since there wasn't really an active effort, I decided to create one on my own. Mm. Um, yeah. So for me, I, I think it was, it was, the, the plan was always to be able to do this for a living first, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, after the military, most people know if you, when you got a military, you ain't working a traditional job <laughs> unless you want to. Mm -hmm. That's not saying that, that right. you, you, you know, unless you want to, right? Because I know a lot of people who get out of the military and that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us, we got out, I was like, man, I ain't taking no more orders from nobody else. <laughs> I'm, my, I'm my own boss. Right. I'm my own company commander. Thing. I'm yeah. my own NCOIC. Mm -hmm. I'm my own OIC. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, yeah. So, the plan was to do that. Once I was achieved that around type two, once the Mandelbrot set came out, I was kind of playing with house money. Okay. I, you know, Omniverse was a 30 song album that mm. I did almost as a joke to myself. Mm. Like there's no way, you know, cause type two had 22 songs. It was on two discs mm. back when we were listening to CDs. Right. Well, I said, how am I going to eclipse type two? There's no way I'm going to do, you know, 30 songs. Mm -hmm. Originally, it was going to be 33 songs. I cut it down to 30. Mm -hmm. But I released a 30-song album. I, the only other person I ever heard do that was E-40. So shout out to E-40 for, for releasing the, what? Uh, he released like a 40-song album one time. I'm like, E-40, you can't be doing that. You can't be just breaking the rules like that, bro. Let me ask you a question. Crazy. Would you be, would that be something that would intrigue you if something like Star Citizen did say, hey, we want creators to produce music that's played in our bars, in our clubs, is that something that you would lean toward? Absolutely. Okay. Um, just because Star Citizen is the perfect environment for mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. uh, not to, not to, you know, knock the club scene or no, anything no, like no. that, but yeah. no, no one's playing my music in the club, and mm -hmm. that's not because the music isn't good. It's just because it's the wrong atmosphere yeah. for it. And it fits. I'm sure, anybody. Yeah, yeah. No one's thinking about technological marvels and aliens and you know whatever. <laughs> So I feel like if they're going to play it in a star citizen mm -hmm. club or a star citizen bar, like I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's, and mm -hmm. that's what it was kind of designed for. That's the space word part in the expression. Yeah. I'm digging it. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like I, that. I'd love to like walk into a club, you know, somewhere in the star citizen universe mm -hmm. and like hear you know, city on a type of forever yep. in the background. Like yep. it would just be amazing. And, and the fact is, you know, you're part of the community and we know CIG does like to you know, work deeply with the community. So mm -hmm. yeah. 
I do want to make one. I do want to make one small point because I know there are fans of mine watching right now. Mm -hmm. uh, that song that you guys played was actually called Astral Dawn. City mm. on the Type of Forever is actually number four on that album, which mm. is a completely different song. So when you when I was asking, it was like, are you talking about the song or the album? The album. Mm. Yeah, that song came on, and I was like, yeah, he was talking about the album. The he album. wasn't talking about the song because yeah. the, yeah. the song is totally different feel yeah. from that right there. I described that, and then that came on. And I was like, oh well, we're gonna go in this direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, pulled, I pulled the whole the album, album down. Slays. Yeah, I pulled the yeah, whole album down, and that was the opening track so yeah that's for why sure. but thanks for clarifying that for us okay we're gonna hit one more area here and grim has brought us some stuff here to talk about uh what happens in post-production as well we've got a video that we're going to take a look at so we're going to why is my stream deck on the wrong thing here give me one second gang da, 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 da. yeah I, before you yeah. kick this off griff i could just lead it off with sure. um I'm prepping a bunch of stuff for a presentation next year that um, CIG will be at and, and, and stuff and just kind of showing the breakdown of things. And um, all of this is a, is a learning experience and, and being on here with, with Nate and Graydon. The, the cool thing about um, the type of creators we are is that we all have things we can do just kind of across the board, but we all have these niches that we're like really skilled at. Right. And it's also kind of cool when you, and you see this happen from time to time when um, different collaborators will, will sort of join up and, um, you know, combine forces. So someone who does music will, will join up with someone who does machinima or, or cinematics or something like that. And um, mm -hmm. that's always really exciting. So it's cool to be uh, on this show with these two guys. Um, Thank you. But what we're going to look at, it was something I was prepping for something else, but I thought it was maybe interesting to the discussion. You know, one of the last things I deal with is audio. And even though I went to school for audio engineering, um, I haven't done it in about 20 years, so I'm kind of terrible at it. Uh, and you ain't missing nothing. <laughs> you ain't missing nothing. So it's, 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 it's been a while, but um, the music, you know, the funny thing was set with audio is that there's a lot of different layers in there. I know Nate talked about having, you know, a whole bunch of layers uh, in regards to the audio edits and stuff. And you'll see that here in this video. But, you know, I essentially show a small snippet from the Aegis cinematic that has a lot of stuff going on, explosions, you know, laser fire, music, all this stuff. And I show that snippet first with just the ambient and explosion noises. And then I show it again with all the laser fire in there, which is almost overwhelming because there's so many turrets going off. And then I show it one more time with all of the music passes combined with the sound design passes because there's sound design and then there's music, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it just kind of gives you an idea of, of, of what it sounds like to me when I'm working on it before I even really know what the final music and stuff is going to be. So I just thought it was interesting to show on this show to give people a little bit of that perspective. But the same thing happens with visuals as well, especially uh, with 3D rendering like I do. Most of the time, I only see things in very rough gray wireframe models all the way up until mm. the last week or so of production where I feel good about the shots, where I feel good enough about them to send them to the render farm, which is a cloud-based rendering service, mm -hmm. which costs money, by the way. And those, and, and I want to be 100% that those shots are locked before I pay money to render them, if that makes sense. Mm. The last thing you want to do is pay $75 for a big javelin scene to render mm -hmm. when you are 100% sure. So for 90% of the time of me working on a job, 
or a project like this, I call it a job. It feels like a job. Uh, <laughs> one of these projects is it's it's all wireframe. The audio is very temp. I might be using just some rock song or some hip hop song or something thrown in there for mm-hmm. a vibe, mm-hmm. but um, the actual orchestral stuff isn't even in there yet. So okay. either way, this video will kind of show you some of those layers. Okie doke. Here we go. I think. We're not getting any audio, are we? What am I here? Oh, yep, there it is. And yes, we I do sounds in space because uh, rule of cool. I'm stealing that from CIG. <laughs> <laughs> this is with all the turret fire later, later, layered on. I had the actual sounds attached to each time the turret would fire, so it gets a bit overwhelming. Yeah, no music yet, though. How much time would you estimate you're putting in to add these sound effects? This was probably all done in the last week. Yeah. Give or take. Some scenes I do the sound while I'm working on the scene. It just depends on like the choreography between the sound and, and the picture, how important it was. Before you add the music, do you, do you, have you ever found yourself um, feeling like you need to have it sound less to actually get the vibe from the music or do you always okay yeah you have to pull back a lot of times so i'll sometimes pull back on a lot of the sound effects and just sound design in general once the music's in because then the music is a whole other like layer of density you know that's being applied so it, it can get overwhelming really quick yeah right yeah and then when you're dealing with competing frequencies i'm sure you remember this from audio engineering school then yeah. you get you know phased you know you do. situations and you know you yeah. you start really getting muddiness and the clarity that what i heard mm-hmm. in that was immaculate like that was that was well, incredible and i was racing against getting this out for invictus and well that was a huge mistake because i set an artificial deadline that really had no meaning other than i wanted to release it for invictus but that put a lot of pressure and um, i ended up not spending as much time on the sound as I should have. Now, moving forward, my next cinematic, um, I'm working with people to help me. And um, the, the audio is actually happening first. You know, music and, and stuff is starting along with, like, the actual writing process. So you learn a lot as the more of these you do. I'm sure the other uh, guests feel the same. But the more you do, the more you're learning. So, so this next one is the final product of this sound is the final and mix music, right? With- with music and stuff and um you could just uh, you'll instantly see how dense it can get mm-hmm. 
Cool. And someone I mentioned too about not using a lot of the sounds from the game. That was something I, um, uh, you know, I did as well. I didn't use any of the sounds in games, especially weapon sounds. And I thought about it and I actually went through a period of capturing sounds. Um, but the more I thought about it, again, things like uh, appropriate credits and stuff are really important for me. And I, I was, I really struggled with whether I wanted to borrow and lift things from the game like that. Mm -hmm. I felt the models were already a big, you know, a big thing that I'm lifting, so to speak. That's a lot of people's work. And I, and I really try to prop up and, and send as many props to CIG ship team as possible. Um, you know, on my station, on my show, Star Jump Station, you know, we've had several CIG ship designers on there, Paul Jones and Gavin Rothery and stuff, because I do want to celebrate the work they do and, and, and make sure that everyone knows that what I do is really kind of in, in homage or in honor of them and their work. Um, but with the audio, that was just a place where I wasn't very familiar with the teams at CIG that handle that and the specific people and, and stuff within those teams. So I, I said, yeah, I'm just going to start completely from scratch. The negative to that is that it it loses it loses a little bit of those kind of natural handshakes with the game, you know. Some of the sounds don't just immediately remind mm -hmm. you of the game, but that's okay. You know, that when I, I told this to a lot of people, but when I did these um, these like fan made cinematics, they weren't supposed to be what you experience in game. They were really supposed to just give us all the fantasy of what this might be in the future. They weren't supposed to make it feel like you're watching someone play three eighteen or something, you mm -hmm. know. So. Yeah, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna say, "Hey, the tractor beam doesn't audience. sound like that." You know, I don't think anybody's right. gonna. <laughs> you know, yeah. Say that, you know? yeah. So I've got a question. You know, I mean, could always, you know, any any of our guests can actually answer this. Um, but sometimes, I mean, in in my case, if I'm making a song, I would normally go with the melody first, or create the melody, which will lead into the lyrics. Or in this case, for those who are making machinima, um, machinima, you know, you sometimes okay go with the song first, or then shoot the score. And sometimes you would do that to get the inspiration from the song, but you normally do that um, and anybody can answer, or do you normally think of, okay, do you think about the lyrics first or the narrative and then the song complements yeah. that? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, the first thing that pops to my mind is the story always comes first and everything builds around that. And that goes to the main character, dialogue, and then everything else builds around that. No doubt that I found incredible inspiration from music and in the commercials that I've made, the music sort of drives the, the, the visuals and stuff, but in the storytelling, like the noir movie and the overclocked and all these other things, the music informs what story I'm trying to tell. Mm. And I try to always keep that everything built around that character and the dialogue and the things that they're talking about and the things they're doing. And like like Grim said, it's hard because once you layer all these dang sounds in, and then you got to layer in a music track, it's like, oh man, it's like a whole behemoth that you're trying to squeeze in there and not flatten everything out. Yeah, so, you should outsource that to, to a sound engineer so that you ain't <laughs> got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, AI mixing and mastering is actually a thing now. I thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things that I'm doing for the next cinematic that I'm working on, which is RSI focused, is um, I, I'm actually atta attaching certain sounds to certain manufacturers and ships so that to give them a bit more personality. So again, while it's not quite what Nate does with, with kind of like voice casting and, and doing with Foyp essentially his character work, um, 
I'd sort of treat my ships like characters. So the only way I can do that is find a way to give them a voice, give them a personality that is unique to them. So for example, in the RSI cinematic, I have this scene where um, a legionnaire approaches another ship and the legionnaire has a wholly unique sound to its engines and its its mechanics and stuff versus like uh, an origin ship or something like that. So mm. it's it's been a lot of fun to experiment with audio in that way. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to go to one other area, and I'm going to let Jaden Kelrati present some questions for this next session because they are community folks who are deeply into the Star Citizen community. And it's an area that a lot of people don't think about. We've been talking about the technical aspects of what Graydon and Natronics and Grimm do, but then there's another side of it, and it's this side. It's the marketing, delivering their product, in other words, what platform or medium they're going to use, how to use social media, and then we'd also like to hear their thoughts about the reviews and comments they get, because we know those comments are just so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Graydon was telling us about a review he just got. Well, one thing I will say is, mm -hmm. as, a, as a major publication, they mm -hmm. couldn't ignore the fact that I released an album. There we so. go. Right? There we go. There's some recognition, at least, there. So <laughs> let's, let's pick it up there. Nate, we'll start with you. We'll go to Graydon, then we'll go to Grim. Talk about your delivery process. You know, is YouTube it for you? Something else? Social media? What do you do with that? And then, of course, yeah. Let's this do. You know what? I'll tell you what? Let's just do delivery first with each person, then social media, then, okay. then reviews. Okay. Yeah, delivery in terms of uh, what? What? What do you mean exactly? How do you put it out when you're done? Is oh. YouTube your main way you're putting it out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's only on YouTube for me. Is is where all my stuff resides. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Graydon, what about you? Where's your what, uh, platforms are you using to get your stuff out? So, uh, um, I'm actually spread across a bunch of different platforms. Uh, my primary platform is probably Spotify for music, YouTube mm -hmm. for my, my video stuff, but even YouTube, I primarily use just for live streaming. Mm. And I haven't done any live streaming recently, but musically, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, I probably have about Sixty to eighty thousand monthly listeners between mm. all my platforms, mm -hmm. so um, that's what I try to focus on. And then I draw people from those listening bases to join the Discord mm -hmm. in the Grand Unified Community, and then from that community, we say, "Hey, we have a Star Citizen group. You know, if you're interested, mm -hmm. you know, you're more than welcome to to come hang out with us and stuff like that." But nice. we nice. don't even have it to where you can join from out. Like you couldn't join the UF mm -hmm. from outside of GU. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like that's not even a thing. Gotcha. Okay. Grim, how about you? What's your delivery methods here? Um, well, this is uh, all this stuff under marketing. It's a shame because I work in marketing. Is the stuff I need to improve on. Apparently, it's the worst. It's the one skill that I'm, I keep failing at with almost every release I do. Um, I, I always make mistakes. Primarily, though, on the delivery front, it's YouTube. Um, just because of the long-form stuff, it's... YouTube's better suited. However, you know, we, we're starting accounts other, other other places. I also just uh, did a TikTok account where I've like done small cut downs. Mm -hmm. um, and a cut down is generally just where you take something and you slice out. Maybe it's, you know, 5, 10, 15 seconds, you know, as a little snippet of something. And we're pushing out stuff via TikTok and, and through some other channels. But YouTube is the primary. That's your primary. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Natronics, you know, Grim just talked about a little bit about his social media. Are you using, are you doing similar things like that? Are you using TikTok at all? Are you just strictly, are you pushing your social media in any form to draw people in to see your work? 
Yeah, so in terms of promoting once something's released, I'll do I'll post a few in a few Facebook groups, mm -hmm. like Star Citizen Facebook groups. I'll share on Spectrum, I'll share in the hub, the community hub. I'll post on uh in Discord. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have TikTok. Mm -hmm. On Twitter, I really don't use. We we have a Twitter account, but mm -hmm. I'm I really I've just never used it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I might promote it there. And then Reddit which is mm. always scary. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I can tell you when we, when I first started putting stuff out there, because when you make something, you want people to enjoy it. You, mm -hmm. you, you made this thing, like, oh, it's fun. I want people to watch it and feel right. the fun that I felt. Well, in the beginning, a lot of people don't really watch it or they're harsh, right? But mm -hmm. over time, when people actually, when you start to develop a trust in your brand and your, what the stuff you're putting out, it gets a little easier, mm -hmm. I'd say. But man, in the beginning, mm -hmm. you get all kinds of weird. I, I know we're going to get to that later, but I've got some <laughs> stories to share there too. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Graydon, how about you? You gave us some of the platforms uh, as far as media platforms. What about the social media platforms? Which ones are you more focused toward? So social media, for me, I usually use things like Instagram, um, Twitter, mm -hmm. um, not so much on TikTok, mm -hmm. even though, you know, it's probably the most popular platform right now. Um, I still got a Facebook account, but I'd say mostly Instagram and Discord is probably the, the most social media that I promote on. And that's the, the, the base of the community that I deal with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, yeah. Grim, you told us about your social media. Nate, we'll go back to you. Let's start with these reviews and comments. Let's talk about that a little bit. Oh, just so you know, yeah. sorry, I, I got a heart out in like five minutes, so I don't want to just be rude. And oh, okay. You guys. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you know what? Let's do this then. If you got to go in five, let's do yeah. your first. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So give us your thoughts about reviews and comments and reception, you know, of the work. Because, you know, Nate says something important. I think all of us deal with this as content creators. You do a lot of work, you put a lot of hours in, mm -hmm. and you do in some way sit there and watch and see who's viewing you, right? You know, is anybody paying attention to what I'm doing? Uh, not just paying attention in the sense of views, but what are the responses, right? Are, are, are they positive? Are they negative? Are they neutral? So, you know, give oh, some thought on that. So I will say this, just for clarity, mm -hmm. you are concerned about what people think about the stuff you just made. I didn't, when I didn't were... say concerned. I didn't say concerned. I said, okay. you're, you're wondering what, you know, in other words, did people dig what I did? You know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not... concern might be interchangeable to me. I, I mean, the reason why <laughs> well, let I me say ask that this, is, is information good for you. It used to be when I was a young artist, mm, but once you reach a certain point, you don't really derive validation from- I didn't say validation. Who... You're putting words in my mouth. I didn't no, say no, 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 I'm, I'm just interpreting what you're oh, saying. Okay, I'm, not, okay. I'm not putting words in your mouth or anything okay. like that. I'm just in, trying to interpret what you're saying. But uh, yeah. the, the, con the concern or the, uh, the interest in other people's opinion about the art and about what I do, mm -hmm. it really only matters when it's a platform. You know, mm. we talked about that earlier mm. with that, the one review, mm -hmm. that's a major platform mm -hmm. that, 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 that website has millions upon millions of people who read those reviews. There was millions upon millions of, of mm -hmm. people who read that review. Right. And so, yeah, I had a little bit of an issue with it, but if it's just some person who doesn't like what I do, or, you know, even if they do like what I do, I appreciate it, mm -hmm. but it won't make or break my motivation oh, yeah. in, in doing it. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep that distant from. That's, and that's where I was going. Creativity Thank aspect, you. Yeah. you. You hit where I was going, you know, because there is that you have to separate yourself at some point, because if you don't, 
you can find yourself gauging your work or gauging what you do based upon the whim of just some person who says something. Some people are just haters. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and, that's, and that's it. And, you know, you can have 10 people who tell you it's great. One person who says something very ripping and find out that one person affected you more than the 10 people who said things are great, you know? So no, I'm glad yeah. you highlighted that. That's a very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Absolutely. Okay. Are you got to duck out? I do. I do. But I just wanted to say, I appreciate you having me on the platform. I really appreciate everybody um, on, on the panel. Uh, I sent messages to you guys mm -hmm. just so I can keep in contact with you guys. Cause I really appreciate your, your platform. Mm -hmm. uh, Natronics, Star Jump Grim. Um, is it Cal Roddy? Is that how I pronounce that? Yes, it is. Hey, that's a great name, man. Jade, much appreciated for your invite. And then yeah, uh, Griffin, uh, I sent you a message so that we can hopefully stay in touch. Yes, sir. We appreciate you being on today, man. And like I said, we're going to keep rocking in that music in my 600. So keep putting it out, all right? Hey, I appreciate you guys listening to it. It's crazy that anybody listens to me. I think it's insane anyone listens to Graydon Square. I think you're a crazy person. Oh, so, hey, tell people where they can find you. Appreciate you. Tell people where they can find uh, you. Graydon Square on um, any of the music platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Pandora, um, you know, YouTube Music. Uh, man. Um, and if you want to reach out to me on, on Discord, we have a, a Grand Unified Discord channel. We also have uh, Grand Unified social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or something like that. You can find me as my name, Graydon, G-R-E-Y-D-O-N, Graydon Square, on any social media format that's out there. So and, and you stream? You can Google me. You stream? Huh? You oh, stream? yeah, I stream on. Yeah, I used to stream pretty regularly. I took a couple of weeks off because I had to focus on some actual business stuff. I'm, I own a comic book company as well. Mm. So we were working on our actual release, and I, would, I needed the hours. So now that that's getting ready to release our, our Kickstarter campaign for uh, Extropy and Entropy, uh, issue one, then I'm actually getting ready to go into that. Awesome. So, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming, man. We appreciate yes, you. Yeah. yeah thank you so much for so having me. Time. And and if you guys ever want me on again, uh, let me know. I'd love to be back. All right. We're going to get you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate Take it. Take care, man. Have a good night. Peace. Peace. Okay. Nate, you were going to share some relations to reviews and comments. Yes. Well, by the way, uh, I know, Grim, you were saying uh, you made in the comments some of your fans post on Reddit. There is a Russian version of Overclocked out there. Someone what? dubbed it all over. Actual voice actors dubbed it in Russian. So it's like, <laughs> uh, anyway, I can share that link later on. But that was like free promotion. But um, the comments and reviews. Here's the thing. And and uh, you know we were talking about this earlier. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do mm -hmm. no matter what. I'm not going to do it for anybody but me because I think all of us can agree we make the art we do because it's fun and you need to love what you do to see it through because it's so hard and it takes so much time. Um, with that said, you do want to share it and find your fans because uh, you, these are people that share that enthusiasm with you. And then in, in my case, I've had a lot of fun crossover work with people from the, the community that have left reviews and things like that. But every now and then, there's a comment that is either scathing uh, towards what you've done. Uh, there's comments that are scathing about Star, Star Citizen. There are people that post mm. books on, on my, uh, my stuff that just, you know, talk <laughs> S about Star Citizen. <laughs> I'm trying to filter myself. Here. Yeah, has nothing and to do. Then, has nothing to do with your work. You're just going to rant about Star Citizen right. just because that happens to be the subject matter. Right? And have you have you gotten the age old? You work for CIG secretly. <laughs> yeah. They're taking you under the table. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah be we like, all have. Don't worry. They'll be like, "Oh, Sig has time to do this. Why don't they fix the game?" It's like, no, no, no. I'm not. This is. 
This is yeah. a passion project. Uh, but I, I do want to say, and I, I try to I try to listen to, I read every comment, and I try to listen to what people are saying, especially people that come at me with criticism. I think it's okay. Like, mm -hmm. if, if you have your opinion, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But when you come at me and try to tell me how to do my thing, mm -hmm. that's when I'm like, well, no. I'm, I'm coming from a place of experience and knowledge where I know what I'm doing and I'm doing it and there's reason behind it. Maybe ask the creator before you criticize if you have something pointed mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is the only people that I black blocked, maybe four people, and there are people that have weird hatred towards women in certain cases. Like some people mm. talk uh, trash about Ava, how mm. Ava, could, a woman could never do that and a woman doesn't do that. Mm. I just kill that right on the spot mm. because I don't want that to grow and fester mm. in, in my community. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that, but that's about, those are the, those are, I don't even sort of give those energy, mm -hmm. but it's the comments where someone says, um, oh my God, you know, the FOIP is so bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, okay, <laughs> but let's see you do it better because, <laughs> like, or yeah, or, or the story doesn't make sense. And it's like, well, I understand what you mean, but I sort of made this up as I went along. It's mm -hmm. a different format than a traditional narrative that you might be used to. Yeah. Right. So yeah. for the most part, I can deal with it. And most of the stuff is very positive, mm -hmm. but let me tell you, I think it goes for every human being in the world. It's scary to put yourself out there, especially when it's something personal mm -hmm. that you've made with love. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, you keep doing it because you do you. I mean, it's the yeah. one thing that you're, the, it's the gift that you give. It's your expression. There's nothing wrong or right about it. Well, you know, exactly. Jade and Cal Roddy yeah. are both uh, on our, you know, usually on our Thursday show. That's when we look at Machinima from Soul Citizens. Yeah. And, you know, they, they've seen dozens of machinimas over the last couple of years that we've done. And, you know, we try to critique. Um, and when I say critique, I mean, we give our feedback in the sense of when we see something that's good. And when yeah. we see, we can see some people who are just getting started. We can see people who can tell they have some background in film, you know, but we're always trying to encourage people because we know that the better people get, you know, the more stuff they put out. That's better for everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And and, and yeah. people have think we've we've had crit criticisms to your stuff, and you've always like, hey, thanks for showing this, blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. You know, and we say, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing the next one. You know, we don't say, yeah, go, go don't quit your day job. You know, we honestly <laughs> want to see more work from you guys when you guys produce stuff because it's really inspiring. I think to the yeah. community, it's really really Thank good. You. Well, to, and to give you all a compliment, you know, on Soul Citizen specifically in regards to Machinima, while what I do isn't specifically Machinima. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of that stuff has a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of dialogue. Sometimes mm -hmm. they can be quite long. And I, I think it's uh, really cool that Soul Citizens, whenever you do those reviews, you actually let them play out in their entire, in, you know, in their entire, you know, entirety without talking over them, pausing them constantly and stuff, which is really cool. And I, and I just said in my community earlier today that one of the things I really like about Soul Citizens, and there's not many content creators that do this, uh, but they constantly, you constantly shine the, you know, the spotlight back on other content creators. And uh, so for me personally, I'm sure many others out there, thank you for, for doing that. Mm -hmm. We appreciate that. Oh. Jay Calrata, you guys haven't got anything for Nate because you guys have seen this video. We've been watching Ava for a while, <laughs> a while now, her journey. Well, actually, we love the throwback. And yes. she went back to her origins. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Oh, yeah. oh, like yeah. when I, when I first heard her utter their words, you know, that, that 
her mom threw her out with the trash, I mm. immediately thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool to, like, go back to, like, what led up to that? I didn't say anything to you because, like, I'm not trying to tell you what to, you know, create, but I had hoped that I would yeah. see that story or at least get a little more of, like, how she got to where she was. Mm. So I was I was gleeful and giddy when I saw that. So, yeah. Thank you. The thing is, what I really hope um, as time goes along, we've seen where the narratives team is, you know, shifting more and more to what, you know, in-game stories, in-game missions and integrating and working more with the actual mission teams that I hope that they, you know, that they draw inspiration and even work with the mission of makers um, to actually flesh out these stories. Because, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, a large universe and you're only talking and you're only looking at, um, you know, at around how many people are working in the, in the in the narration team at CIG. So, yeah. you know, them working with machine makers to actually draw from inspiration or even use aspects to actually create story-driven missions. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, you know, mocap and those things, but to actually have a background. Yeah. I think they have a really healthy, you know, mine of machine makers and ideas that they can actually create a vast amount of stories. I, I do know uh, my brother who also plays, he was at a bar citizen with uh, some of the developers and they, they did say they're huge fans of things like overclocked and the other machine. They, they all are watching these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and let me tell you, Zark and I talk about this all the time. It would be a dream come true if they like acknowledged Ava as part of official lore or Zark as mm -hmm. official lore somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I would just delete, uninstall the game and go live on an island and just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, and to Kyle Roddy's point, I was amazed at how many people enjoyed when they did reunion. So imagine if they were to allow for those things to transfer over to community folks to be able yeah. to produce those videos. First of all, it takes a monkey off their back. Uh, yeah. It minimizes the amount of time they have to do it. There are plenty of people out here who would have the enthusiasm, even if they were contracted. Oh my God, that would be even more fabulous. Rogue talent, thank you for that follow. But yeah, we're going to see where the future lends this because we have such a talented community. You guys have just been great and i hope cig continues to keep their eye because they do they've told us we watch what's going on a lot of people don't i don't know if people believe them when they say that but they do they read the forums the spectrums they look at videos they're out they there do. lurking all the time paying attention to what's going on in our community which i think is look CIG looking right now yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah they sneak right. in they sneak in over here once in a while grim what about you uh reviews comments all that good stuff um well <laughs> The biggest thing I think with Star Jump specifically is just general confusion on what we are, how we're made up, and what everyone does within the group. Mm. Um, because a lot, I think we get a lot of great uh, reviews and comments from people. Sometimes they're directed to the wrong people. Um, you know, I, I joke with with Ender a lot how. He gets complimented so much on the cinematics, but he doesn't do it. He doesn't have any part of those. <laughs> right. um, and the good, I mean, we always, you know, direct the compliments where they're supposed to mm -hmm. go, but that's probably the thing that if I could start over and go back to the beginning of Star Jump, I would arrange Star Jump as, in terms of its organization a little mm -hmm. differently. So it was better defined and not just completely one umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everyone within it kind of does their own thing, mm -hmm. uh, which I wouldn't mind highlighting real quick. You know, VMXEO, he uh, does StarFab. StarFab is a really amazing tool that tons of people are using now. 
Um, and and he does his work to help me out on Fleet Viewer. Starlet does all the backend work and coding and stuff for Fleet Viewer. Ender uh, handles a lot of charity stuff, doing St. Jude as we speak, and mm-hmm. and and handles a lot of like just community. Um, he's a hype man, as he calls himself. Uh, and then I do the cinematics. I kind of dreamed up and led the the Fleet Viewer project. I do um, the the shipyard show and stuff like that. So um, a lot of that work. Sometimes I won't see the good comments people that reach out directly or they'll go into other channels that I'm not in, which is frustrating sometimes. Um, however, I would say 99% of the time, all the uh, reviews and, and, and stuff that we get on videos, especially on YouTube, are all positive. Uh, very rarely do I get anything negative, which is great. And when I do, it's usually what Nate said, someone saying, why are you working on this when you should be fixing XYZ bug? Um, or they'll just, it'll be a complaint about, um, you know, just how the, you know, scam citizen sort of thing. And yeah. if it's just a critique about the work itself, like if, if someone just says, uh, you know, I thought the ships were too shiny or this or that, um, I leave those comments. I don't police them. I, I leave them up because I'm fine with that. Critique doesn't hurt my feelings. I've been working in the industry for a long time. But if it's um, a really, like, if it's a comment designed around meanness, you know, and just, just mm-hmm. trying to troll, I, just like Nate said, I delete it instantly and I'll give it no thought. If it's critiquing the team or, and honestly, if it's directly attacking CIG in a negative way, I, I kill it as well because I just don't think that's the place for it. It's not that I'm against, you know, criticism of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not the place for it. And I do like to keep um, certain comment threads, you know, directed towards what the content is, right? Yep. And not just kind of, you know, go all over the place. I will say um, the the nicest comments I get are when someone says, hey, you know, your video. So I just put out the Shipyard Endeavor video, and I, I got a lot of compliments from people saying, uh, or comments from people saying, hey, you know, watching this helped me make um, a decision to hold off on the Endeavor for pledging on it, or maybe uh, made me want to rearrange my hanger a little bit. And that made me feel good because I, I felt like I was inform- giving people some information that they can make wise decisions with. Um, and then the other cool thing is when I do get, you know, reached out to by CIG, different people there have reached out over the over time and, and sent me compliments. Some of them have asked me, um, you know, randomly, like, for example, I'll give you a good example. Um, the guy at CIG who sort of designed the jump gates, mm-hmm. right, who originally designed the jump gates and that we've all seen. Mm-hmm. He reached out to me and said, "How did you get? How did you get the uh, jump gate model? Um, it looks so close to, to what I did." And I said, "Well, I just pulled up concept work and modeled it from scratch based off that." Mm. And he wrote back and forth several times, just saying how um, cool it was to see his work reinterpreted that way and stuff. Mm. And 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 that happens quite a bit, actually. So those are always really nice, really nice comments to see come in. So, but yeah, generally though, not a lot of negative stuff. Um, you know, overall, the Star Citizen community is very positive. I would say it's maybe one negative comment out of every 50 good comments, you know, or out of every 100 comments, and you can police those pretty easily. So, my, and my final question tied into this, uh, this category we're in right now is, has, have you ever talked with people from CIG about, has or anyone ever talked to you from CIG about your work yet? Has anybody ever said, hey, great job? Or we watched it. Yeah. Good night. Go ahead, Nate. It, we, uh, I mean, through the community hub, like I, the noir thing that mm. EE Studio, we just did, got MVP'd by SIG. Mm. And then uh, we get a lot of staff picks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if a dev has, I, I wouldn't know if a dev has reached out to me or not in, in the, on this, you know, I don't know, but like, uh, I do know that, like I said, my brother was at a bar citizen and the devs there said, tell your brother we're huge fans nice. overclocked. And that nice. was really cool. Nice. Nice. Um, but that's about it in terms of direct contact with SIG for that's me. That's good. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, I um, have been reached out to quite a few times, um, primarily uh, uh, primarily on the Cinemax early on. It was just random developers kind of hit me up mm. and saying, hey, nice job. Or I'd hear from someone who was a good friend of a developer, hey, so-and-so likes your work. Or, hey, there's a big group of CIG devs in a in a channel right now together watching your cinematic. Mm. And and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And, and it was great to get that. And, you know, being a staff pick and stuff on the hub is, is really cool. You know, again, it, it's, it shows that appreciation. Um, with Fleet Viewer specifically, though, <laughs> um, with that project, I got hit up by CIG and the lawyers pretty quick. It was probably around <laughs> six hours later. Um, and that was a really interesting conversation. I won't go into a lot of detail on it because they probably won't want me to, but I can sum it up. And it was, uh, you know, they got a hold of me. And at first I was like, oh boy, they're going to ask me to pull this down for mm -hmm. whatever reason. So, I, you know, something's not right for it. Mm -hmm. And there was some concerns by CIG specifically in regards to some uh, Squadron 42 assets, you know, mm -hmm. that were making appearance in the Fleet Viewer. Uh, but what they told me was, and, I, and this was a great, it was like a really cool compliment. Um, and I and I love this, one of my favorite ones. And it and, uh, was that they told me that, we were going to have you remove some stuff from Fleet Viewer because we didn't want it out there. However, tons of people at CIG are filling up the internal CIG Slack channels with their own fleet build images from Fleet Viewer <laughs> and even some of the real high up people who make all the big decisions. So uh, they like it so much, they're going to allow you to keep the Squadron 42 stuff in there. So I was like, okay, that's a big, <laughs> big win. I'll, I'll, I'll take that as like the best compliment you can get. Um, that's cool. So, uh, and, you know, I never had any issues other than them telling me, you know, make sure you don't, you don't profit from this, mm. which, which I, I wouldn't want to, uh, mm. because they do own those ships, those, right. you know, even the ship silhouettes are, are there. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really cool. I can say that through time, I have made a lot of uh, contacts at CIG who, who I, you know, remain in pretty regular content. And the ones I talk to are huge fans of the machinima all the creative work out there. I mean, generally artists love to see their work that, you know, something they're working on be reimagined by someone or, or shown through a different prism. We, we like that generally, you know, obviously we don't want to be ripped off. We don't want to be exploited in any way, but we like when someone can, can view our stuff and then shine a different light on it, whether through, you know, stuff like, you know, what Nate does or what Graydon does in music or what I do with cinematics or fleet viewer. Generally that's, people look at that as you know you you know tipping their hat to them so yeah uh when i talk to them they all think it's really great and yeah. are behind it and i mean i think we've seen a little bit of that with cig just you know showing uh you know kind of in universe commercials mm -hmm. from the community mm -hmm. you know on iscs and stuff so there's a little bit of that coming in i'd like to see a lot more yeah. um but yeah I, I think i think cig is starting to recognize that a, a bit more than they used to actually okay yeah, like I think the community is one of their greatest assets. And, you know, there's so many really creative people in the community um, that can help them, you know, have more content, um, mm -hmm. yeah. whether it's in shows like, you know, um, 
Star Citizen Live or in the verse, which I hope I think yeah. a lot of people want. Precisely. Yeah. And it it's hard too. I mean, I, I I sympathize with the challenge they have to deal with because they are a, a company built around their community and 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 you know, essentially raising money off off their community. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they're not a small company anymore. They're one of the biggest gaming studios out there. And to maintain that balance of having a, a healthy corporate culture and be in the business of making games and making money, which they should be in the business of, because for Star Citizen to be successful, they need to make money and be a good business. To maintain all that, but still keep all the community stuff going, I think is is uh, pretty amazing. I mean, I've, I've been a, in a lot of different gaming communities, and I still think CIG is heads and shoulders above, um, you know, interacting with us. Um, and, and showing their appreciation in different ways for, for the community content that's out there. And their recent, um, you know, even their recent, um, you know, new community hub that they came out with is, is the you know, them showing that appreciation. And it may not be perfect, but what I'm saying is that they're trying to build upon things to give us a better platform to show off stuff. So Yeah, I, I love yeah. the new community hub. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple questions for you guys. Uh, one of them is coming from one of your colleagues in the industry, New Soul Sounds. They ask, great show. What do you guys master bus chain for your post-production work? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I think I think Graydon. Yeah, I was going to say. Probably, yeah, I was going to say more toward Graydon. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I can, I, I'll just sum up Star Jumps general pipeline like this it's mm-hmm. chaos uh, <laughs> because, because the budget's so slim and i'm usually working on a yeah you know, my day job and everything else and we're we're managing community chaos is how i manage that bus chain okay <laughs> Just pure fair, chaos. Enough. fair enough and i'm going to go to pops he asked the question should star citizen research a similar project to what adobe did with their content summary Adobe pays mm-hmm. for this collection of resources that are lawfully copied and that users can access. Is this a, the best approach for Star Citizen, like for their jukebox? Mm-hmm. And again, that's leaning toward music a little bit more than cinematics and stuff. I, yeah, I, I would like to see them do that or something similar. Um, I think my big concern now with with things like that making its way into the verse is I do worry that as we approach the marketing buildup to Squadron 42, mm-hmm. um, and you know, while I haven't specifically heard anything, I've heard some murmurings that you know make me think that once that that tire starts turning, we're going to see probably a temporary clampdown on a lot of. Um, desire to to kind of integrate fan stuff into the game directly to mm-hmm. make sure they have a clear and strong marketing message behind Squadron 42 mm-hmm. and and to sort of build build what this is to the greater outside world you know mm-hmm. the and and then once we get past that then we'll see conversations and and and, and stuff pop up around this again where mm-hmm. how do we bring some of the fan stuff into star citizen mm-hmm. but i think until we get past that hump i actually think we're going to see a little bit of a a pullback from cig not not in stuff created by the fans just 
you know, being put out in the community, mm -hmm. but specifically stuff created by the fans making its way into the game in any way, specifically yeah. music. Yeah. Um, because they're going to want to tighten up that marketing message. Um, you know, and let's say if the game, let's say if Squadron 42 is, let's say if it's a year out right now, I don't know when it's coming, by the way, I'm just speculating real quick. Let's say if it's a year out, mm -hmm. then they'll probably start that marketing campaign eight months early, right? If it's two years out, they may be, you know, 12 months away from starting that campaign, but there's going to be a lead into that and there's usually a marketing plan. So um, while I hope they do something like that, especially in regards to music and broadcasting, because I know you all just had that broadcasting show recently, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we're not going to see that until after CIG sort of sets a precedent with Squadron 42. And then we'll have to see where that nets out, you know, how much are the CIG lawyers willing, you know, how much slack are they willing to give? Yeah. Um, the fan stuff to come into what they've built. So. And, and that makes sense. That I, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense because CIG is going to want their vision to be very clear for Squadron yes. 42 and not yeah, to get yes. convoluted or mixed up with anything or just someone else's yeah. view of what it's supposed to be. But it's understandable, yeah. you know. Yeah, and because they have to get that right when they launch it and, mm -hmm. and, and everything's going to ride on their messaging. And they're not going to want a lot of outside stuff. Even if it is at really high quality, they're mm -hmm. not going to want that you know, providing extra noise, mm. um, you know, to that channel. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, listen, we are going to wrap it up. We've had a great conversation, technical things going crazy and all, uh, but we've had some great <laughs> conversations from our guests today. Um, Nate, tell people where people can find you and your work. EE Studios at, on YouTube. That's about it. <laughs> Well, you're EE Studios one on Twitter, by the way, because I actually <laughs> tweeted your stuff out. So I know your Twitter, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Grim, how about you? Uh, you can find us over on YouTube, obviously. Um, just type Star Jump in YouTube, um, the, the search bar. It'll find us. It'll pull stuff up immediately. Or you can type Star Jump and Star Citizen will come up on Twitch. Oh, there's Yo-Yo Meg coming yep. in with 27. Yeah, Yo-Yo. Thank, thank you. you Meg. Welcome, Yo-Yos, folks. We appreciate hey, you guys. Hey. Yo -Yo, we're about to wrap up. We're going to send them over to Abdi, just so you'll know. And I know you and Abdi yeah. play together, so I'm giving you fair warning. We're going to be going over to Abdi. <laughs> and, um, and then last but not least, you can um, definitely follow me on Twitch. I'm going to start streaming a lot more, especially like my um, my uh, skunk work show where I build ships from, you know, from the chat request. I'll build the ships live in 3D. Um, you can follow me, uh, you know, on Twitch at starjump underscore grim. Mm -hmm. And then obviously uh, my fellow star jumper Ender uh, does a lot of charity stuff and he's on Twitch as well. Starjump underscore Ender. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, that's primarily where we're at. I'm going to do plugs for these guys too. Uh, Andrew just put out a big yep. thing about you guys are doing a big thing for St. Jude this year. We're hope, Jude, we, yep. We've done St. Jude in the past. We'll probably jump on the boat with that. Also, yep. uh, Star Jump Station just did a new video on the Endeavor. So for those of you who are interested in the Endeavor, his Shipyard series, we did a Shipyard series. He's doing one. Check out the one that they just put out on the Endeavor. Really good stuff. Uh, Nate. <laughs> Ender. Oh, God. Of course, Ender. As I'm promoting Ender. Oh, God. Okay. Ender, thank you so much. <laughs> We're about to close up over here, too. Oh, my God. Uh, Nate, what, you guys just did a really, we really, really enjoyed Noir. That one yeah. was good. Really good. Um, is there anything, you got a new project coming up, something you're working on that we can be looking forward to yet? 
my big thing is helping other creators doing crossover stuff with them and mm-hmm. like behind the scenes support uh we do have a new overclocked episode coming out okay. which is uh actually directed by the for, for the first time it's directed by not me mm-hmm. and i'm sort of uh helping produce that but that will be coming out probably sometime later this month okay awesome we're going to look for it we're going to look for it yeah we uh me and nate and Graydon have already sent each other friend requests and stuff <laughs> behind the scenes during this show and yes it's really cool to connect with everyone um because again we, we sometimes and, and nate may feel the same you get caught up in your own silo sometimes when you're working yep. on projects mm-hmm. that you know take a while to create so it's it's good to to put the feelers out there and you know, hopefully be able to collaborate with some of these people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Okay. Well, listen, uh, Ray, uh, Blair, uh, Jade, can you talk about Thursday? Cal Roddy, can you talk about Saturday? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So as some of you may know, and some of you don't, Soul Voice, oh, sorry, Soul Talk <laughs> on Thursday is the show where, uh, you know, you, you all can come in here to our Discord and uh, talk with us about you know, like the last week in Star Citizen, what, you know, we've been shown or just the game in general. Um, so if you ever wanted to, you know, come on here and don't be afraid, you know, we won't bite at least <laughs> Too hard. Us, most of us won't. Too hard. Cards, jokes will, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, definitely come to Soul Talk. It's at 9 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. Yeah. And this. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say thanks again. I just wanted to send all y'all, Griff, uh, Fastcard, Jade, Karate, everyone on the Soul Citizens. Thanks so much for, you know, always um, highlighting other content creators because in the world of content creation and, you know, whether it's on YouTube or streaming or whatever, people are a brand and they want to usually market themselves, put themselves out there. They're trying to build. Um, so I think, I do think it's pretty unique and, and rare for, for people to constantly shine the spotlight on other content creators. So I personally want to say thank you for that because you've, you've all shown star jump a lot of love. So I, I do appreciate that. And I echo that. No, well, you guys give us free entertainment. So what, you know, what yeah. else can we do? Right. Thanks for the voices. We're all in this together. Like, we're, you know, yeah, yeah. to me, it's all, it's all about supporting each other. Just mm. me personally. Mm. Yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. You exactly. Go. Exactly. And yeah, speaking of voices, we will be here Saturday, 3 PM Eastern time. Soul voices. We talk about all things, community, community concerns. We grab it off spectrum, Reddit, YouTube, everywhere with the gods of star citizen community and of course the player haters have returned they were so, here yesterday right uh, the player haters yes, were back were. yesterday yeah yeah oh so, yeah come on in and i mean join up and you know give give us your opinion just be part of the voices absolutely and next sunday we're going to be covering we're going to be going back to pyro uh we've talked about it from the aspect of the system and stuff like that in the past but now we're going to be talking about what we call pyrotechniques. What is it going to take to exist, to live in the pyro system? Those of you who are interested or travel through the pyro system, uh, we're going to be talking about all the details, the dangers, the fun, the excitement, the piracy, all those cool things that we kind of have a hint toward. We don't know everything, but we got some stuff that we can have a conversation about. So it's going to be next Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So be here to join us for that. Alrighty, I think that is it. Don't forget, we've got our soul referral codes that are on the bottom of the page on Twitch. You guys um, are new to the game. You can check out those referral codes for any of our co-hosts. Support them that way. That's a very cool way to support them. 
That way they can get their little yellow jacket and their 5,000 credits or something like that. But we appreciate you guys for doing that. Once again, thank you to Natronics. Thank you to Grim. Thank you for Graydon Square. You guys were great tonight. Thank you for bearing through our technical issues tonight. I'm going to blow up XSplit when I disconnect and find out what the problem is with that. Uh, we are going to be setting up a raid with one of our own, Abdi Johan. Abdi's one of the sole citizens. He is streaming tonight. Got a beautiful baby. He's a great guy. He has a very cool way of streaming yeah. by integrating graphics into his work while he's playing Star Citizen. You guys get over when really you see nice Abdi. Give him some love. Give him a follow. Uh, yo, yo, thank you so much for that raid. Ender, we love you. Thank you so much for that raid. Your buddy, he represented you well, as he always does. And uh, we want to say thank you to all you guys for being here tonight. So stay safe. Take care of yourselves. And as always, peace, love, and soul. We'll see you guys real soon. Take care. Appreciate it. See you, people. Thank yeah. you.